Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 108 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. Welcome to summer because now it is finally official as of June 21 since we last talked with you. And there may be no better or fun indicator of this season that yesterday we saw hundreds of kids piling into the worship center here at Florida Hospital Church for the annual Kid Fest known as VBS. So blessings to all of you that participate, volunteer, or otherwise are involved in this huge undertaking because... (laughs) This is not something that I'm good at or would ever volunteer to do. What? No, I'm just, no. Mm-mm. What? No, I mean, kids just, uh, that, no. Mm-mm. You don't like kids? I don't even like my kids. Why would I, why would I hang out with anybody else's? I hope they don't he, listen to this podcast. He didn't really mean that. No, what he meant, <laughs> girls, is that he loves you yeah, very much. much. No, that's, uh, when people ask me to participate in kids' ministries, that's always my answer. I'm like, I don't even like my kids. Why would I, why would I deal with anybody else's? But seriously, picking up my girls today, and I said, all right, what did you guys learn at VBS? And they said, what they learned today, both of them, was that Jesus rescues no matter what. Mm. And that put a huge smile on my face and in my heart. So from all of us here at the Florida (laughs) Hospital Church that don't have those skills or whose jobs don't allow us or them to be involved, thank you. We severely appreciate all (laughs) of your efforts. I just wanted to say before we got started, thank you to Andy for this message. Now, I I know— I know that we get in trouble a little bit for, even though some among of us here at FHC would say that we focus too much and talk too much and preach too much on love, but this week's message was especially reassuring to those of us who've gone as far as we can go and maybe even regressed spiritually from this far too often missed message where we focus on things that don't require love. Because honestly, if we miss the fact that love is this important, And you referenced it in the message that Paul says, if I have all these things and all the accolades and everything, but if I don't have love. So if we know hellfire and brimstone, if we know Daniel, we know Revelation, we know all these things. I always like doing the prophecy one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this week it really struck home because I got wrangled into teaching Sabbath school for Bill Largo this week. And so I go onto the website and I grab the adult quarterly for the firm because that's what they study. And I open it up and I get to the week and I'm like... Are you kidding me? The title of this week's was Babylon and Armageddon. There you go. There you go. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't think I'm qualified to (laughs) to teach this. And after I got done, Herb Klischke's came up to me afterward and he said, you are a brave soul for volunteering (laughs) to teach this class when it comes to (laughs) Armageddon and Babylon. He's like... Nobody wants to answer any of those questions because nobody wants to think that maybe they don't know the answers. And I thought, you know, that Mm. really pertains a lot to what we're talking about. I feel like people want to understand the other so we can be biblically smart. But it almost draws away from the fact like we can just ignore being nice to people. Well, it is. And we've talked about before here that really it's it's almost sort of a repeat of the Gnostic heresy of having the special knowledge. Yeah. If you have the special knowledge, you're on the inside. If you don't have the special knowledge, you're on the outside. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just say this is totally tangential, but how disruptive and corruptive Gnosticism was mm-hmm. in first century. Yeah. What it did to the early Christian church. I mean, when you read through a lot of the epistles, when you read through a lot of the New Testament, large swaths of that are trying to combat Gnosticism and just the evil, I'll say it, the evil that it represented. And so to see some permutation of that is, is yeah, you know, it's just, there's this part of it, it's kind of like, oh, you know, here we go again. But there's also this part of it's like, this is a big deal. When you look at how like 
the the beginning of the Christian church, they placed such a heavy emphasis through Gnosticism, the influence of Gnosticism, started placing such a heavy emphasis in other places where it needed to be. We're kind of there again when you have an emphasis on on love and a lot of the core tenets of love God and love others. I mean that Jesus says like the, that, the that's whole the quintessential like law and the prophets <laughs> hang on those two pieces, and it's like, man, if we can't do that well, or if we're not if we're interested in doing other things more than that, we may have a problem. Well, and I looked at those two after teaching class, and then immediately sitting down and listening to Andy's <laughs> sermon, and I thought, which one of these two? Maybe you're not good at either. Maybe you don't know anything about either. But if I'm going into this going, Randy's not super smart. But if Randy was looking at both of these, is Randy going to figure out Babylon, Armageddon, and Revelation first? Or do you think he might have a chance to figure out love and how to love other people better, learn how to engage other people better? Which are the ones that we really have a chance? Because when we were going through our class, I was like, listen, Adam and Eve, they were pretty smart. I mean, these were, these were pretty much perfect beings here in the, in the beginning. And they had clear instructions. It didn't get any clearer than that. It was like, all right, you guys, you can do everything else, but the tree don't eat the tree. And they still got it wrong. So I'm like, you know, you give somebody something super easy, super clear. These are things that even a child can understand. And we still get those wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying we shouldn't understand Bible prophecy or strive to know those, but I'm just saying that when it comes right down to it, I don't think it matters if you know those things, if you haven't figured out how to love somebody else, which we have a better chance to start with. Or maybe if you can't look at those things and interpret them so that you love better. Because if we study all the prophecies, all the eschatological good stuff in the Bible, and it doesn't make us more loving, right? then, then something's missing there too. Because the scripture, the whole point of the scripture, at least... In my sermon this week, as I said this, the whole point, the whole point of studying scripture is, be, is to become more loving, to be more like more like God, which is love, love, love. Yeah. yeah, I liked how the opening paragraph goes through different things. It talks about scripture is clear that Jesus didn't approve of this other behavior, and that when he talks to the woman caught in adultery, and even we can be enamored by this concept over time, and like we just talked about, but. You said, but we must move on to boots on the ground every day with great intention, planning, keeping it on the front burner. We must be actively seeking to love people, and it will pay dividends to us. It seems so simple, and it seems so close and so pretty much right in front of us. And then other times it just seems like that's just a pipe dream that we could put aside all the things like you talked about of being good at you know Scripture alone and knowing all these other concepts – I started to think about all the different parts and pieces of how we can get things so wrong. And I, what I really liked, and I think what resonated the most was you said, so we've pulled apart the body. We've made it easy to be arrogant. Unintentionally, we've fostered pride of opinion. Unfortunately, we've accidentally created superiority complexes. And it is crazy, but we've made it easy to believe we can identify ourselves as followers of God by putting down other followers of God that's where the whole disconnect then to me was just like, oh, yeah, I grew up with this. And so for me, and I hear people say, oh, I would love to hear more prophecy and more this and more that. And I'm like, I'm a horrible person at loving other people. I wish I was so much like better. Kids. Yeah, like kids. <laughs> if you could teach me how to love kids, then then we'd have this. And then you look at all these other pieces that draw so much of our focus and you're just left somewhere in the middle with a – I almost feel like that was Laodicea. 
you didn't figure out the love thing, but yet you're trying to figure out this and you're caught somewhere in the middle. You don't love well. So I don't know how to use you if you don't know how to love well. You might have some knowledge, but you don't love well. So who's going to listen? Is that accurate? No, I, I think so. It sounds accurate to me. I mean, the whole point, again, I've had people come to me over the years and say, hey, Andy, we got we really need to do is some deep Bible study. And I'm like, so what do you mean deep Bible study? I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, and I said, if you're talking about reading scripture and trying to figure out what it meant to the people who heard it and then how to apply it to me today so that I can become a more loving person, now we're talking. But if you're just talking about factual knowledge for factual knowledge's sake about details of scripture, I don't think that's proper Bible study. Bible study needs to move us toward God, and God is love. Hmm. You know, as we talk about, you know, this concept of of love and becoming, you know, more like Christ, more like God, I feel at times like some of my students and that my team get tired of hearing this, but you know, Matthew 24 is a passage that in our circles people love to talk about, which is Jesus, you know, the disciples are like, hey, look at all these cool buildings. And Jesus is like, they're going to become rubble. And they're like, what? This is the temple. How could that be? And they're like, tell us more about the time of the end. And so Jesus talks to them about some of this stuff. And we love to talk about Matthew 24. But Matthew 25, there's a few parables. And one of those parables is of the sheep and the goats. And the people that Jesus invites into the kingdom are the ones who are feeding the hunger, giving water to the thirsty, clothing the naked, giving homes to the homeless. Yeah. And we love to talk about Matthew 24. We love to look at the signs and to try to understand and recognize those things and how to interpret the prophetic things. And it's like, again, it goes back to that Gnostic thing of like, if we know this, like we'll somehow be prepared for it. But the preparation is loving people. It's like giving them water and giving them food and giving them clothes and giving them shelter. And those are the people that it says in the gospels and the parable that, that Jesus tells that those are the ones that are invited in the kingdom. And the, and the ones who weren't doing that aren't. And not just because they did that, but because in doing that is how you know God. Sure. And so, you know, he, he says to the other ones, go away, I never knew you. Yeah. It's not that you didn't know about me, but I never knew you. That, that whole personal that. relationship comes in the least of these and the interacting with the least of these in so many ways. And I just think what's really mm-hmm. sad about when we talk about either deeper Bible study or we talk about apocalyptic or prophetic or end time things, we don't talk about Matthew 25. We want to talk about Matthew 24. And it's like, man, you know, we're missing it. We're missing on this really cool opportunity to do it, to do that love piece, to learn more about him. I had a a guy come to me after the service this week and talk about how much he liked our church and then said, I could hear a butt coming. (laughs) But what about getting people ready for the end times? And I said, well, we'll talk. I, I didn't, there was no time to talk time about it right ready. there. But I just love in Peter where he says, you know, the end of all things is at hand. So what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? You know, well, have some friends over, you know, yeah. love each other yeah. and, you know, feed each other and do those be things. kind and cover over each other's sins. Sure. Like, really? I mean, you know. Well, it was interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you just said that because there was someone in our class who said, Speaking of the end times and Armageddon and, you know, how do you know and how do you interpret? How could you possibly understand all this? And he said, I think what's going to happen is the people that they know what's right and wrong, but they haven't been practicing the love and they haven't been doing just what Greg said. They haven't been feeding the the homeless and, you know, clothing the – tending to the sick and clothing the homeless, those kinds of things. So he's like, if you haven't practiced those, you can see what the right decision is. But he's like, are you going to give up all the things that you haven't gotten rid of? or all the baggage that you haven't got rid of, or 
if you've already been practicing that, what do you have left? You're just going to keep giving. And he's like, I think that's where the decision making is going to be easier or it's going to be more difficult. And I was like, I've never really heard it that way, but. Oh, you need to read The Great Divorce. C.S. Lewis is The Great Divorce. It's got great passages that I can't quote all of that, of course, but the sentence I used, I think last week's sermon, or at least I thought about it, uh, (laughs) was in the end, there are only two kinds of people. Those who say, not my will, but yours be done to God. Yeah. And those to whom God says, not my will, but yours be done. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Everybody who's in hell chooses it kind of thing. Sure. That whole saying, living a life that says, hey, I I want your will, God. Yep. And this whole piece, kind of going back to to what Randy was saying a minute ago, this idea of you know kind of training and learning how to do that. Diana Garland um, is a researcher and a professor. I can't remember. It's a university in Texas, and she did research with over like seven thousand. I can't remember seven thousand families or seven thousand people, looking at families and how service serving others played into their life. Mm. And they found that families who who served together, right? So they're basically, you know, they're teaching their kids how to do this. It becomes like a family thing that they do. Families that serve together, man, they pray more, they study their Bible more, they're more rooted and grounded in their faith. But financially they give more money to different nonprofits. Man, there, there's two or three things that I'm forgetting, but like sure. the idea is that serving was really kind of like the linchpin to all those other things. And so it's really interesting then when you think about what we can do for even younger generations. You know, as I'm, again, I'm thinking about VBS. I've got my service camps coming up, by the way, July 9 to 13. It was a shameless little plug there <laughs> yeah, for service camp. middle school service camp Woo-hoo. and high school service camp the week after that. But just what an impact it makes in teaching this to young kids, you know, and are they going to learn? Yeah, I don't know. There's just it's, so much was, they can learn in serving people. It's the one thing Jesus tells us we should do, serve. Yeah. And, and it's the one thing we'd rather get out of if we can get out of anything else. You know? <laughs> I feel like here at the hospital church, we work really hard to foster this in our members and in each other. And it becomes a part of who we are. And as we engage with our friends that are members here and outside of the church, we really are encouraging people to be in a life of service. Even at that, it's still hard for us to always make the right decision when that's done with intentionality or desire. So how do we reach those people outside the church if we're not doing that? But what Greg just said, there is a very, you know, there's a direct correlation through study that, yeah, if you do that, you are going to impact people. That's how we're going to show our love. And I bumped into Molly this morning at VBS when I was picking up the girls, and we just had a little discussion about how our stories impact our ability and others' abilities to interact with us and see that change in the way that we think about how we see ourselves. Are we not alone? Do we have others that can help us? That the people in these stories have the same struggles, same frustrations. Basically, they're the same broken people. And I wanted to mention because she's currently part of a ministry called The Current Ministry, and she hosts a podcast for that ministry called Jesus Dates, which has featured Greg. Yes. And an amazing, amazing story. And so in this week's show notes, if you're listening in iTunes right now, just swipe up and you'll see the show notes. There will be a link to that episode and podcast because I want you to go listen to it. And that this is just one way. Because you're already listening, you probably like podcasts. Go ahead and just listen to this as well. And it's something that we can share these stories of how people have helped someone else through, in Greg's case, a very difficult time in his life and how he's come through that situation to be the Greg that we all know and love today and how you might be able to resonate with that. And this is one way that we can share something super easy. It doesn't have to be big like Andy talked about last week. It can just be something we can share. The other thing I wanted to just hit on really, really quickly was Jerry Cook. You mentioned him multiple times during the Mm -hmm. message, 
And he had three guarantees that we as Christians must take to people if we're truly to love them. The first and minimal guarantee is that they will be loved always under every circumstance with no exception. And the second is that they will be totally accepted without reservation. And finally, no matter how miserable they fail or how blatantly they sin, unreserved forgiveness is there for the taking with no bitter taste left in anyone's mouth. That sounds super duper easy. It's like, well, I can check it, check it, check it. And then it's like, wow, that that last one, no bitter taste left in anybody's mouth. That's going to require probably a little bit of prayer, don't you think? Yeah, some prayer and a lot of grace. And who was, Jerry, just real quickly, who was? Um, uh, he's how, pastor. Um, was he? Okay. Yeah, and wrote the book, uh, Love, Acceptance, Forgiveness with uh, Stanley Baldwin. Mm. Great little, just a little thin, 128-page book. Ooh. But just a really, truly... Um, Person who believes in practicing love. So that could be something that if you are listening, you could just go pick. You, sure still, you, could, get, you still get on Amazon. That or or you could volunteer for VBS. <laughs> and no, no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, though, like with yeah. kids, those three things that you just listed, those three points, you see it so much in, in young kids. There's so many things that they're just blind to. Like this idea of exclusion and all these things they learn later in life. Yeah. But you know, hey, there's a new kid on the playground for and you know, and I've watched it as my son has gotten older, so he's five. <laughs> yeah. I've watched it as they get older, like they learn more of about barriers. Holding they back. More, yeah, they learn more about like excluding others and you know, I wonder like, is this something that they're <laughs> being taught? You know, I mean I'm sure there's some part of the human condition that's in there, but those kids, man, those three things I think come pretty easy to them. Those are powerful. I would just encourage everyone again. Last week we said the same thing about Zed's message the week before. But really, I think that if you were really looking at what we believe here at the Florida Hospital Church and the way that, yeah, we're not perfect and we're not going to get it right every time, but that is what we're striving for. So if you're just thinking to yourself or someone's asked you, why do you go to Florida Hospital Church? Let them watch this sermon because I think this at the core of it is really what we're about. There's a lot of other things in fundamental beliefs and all kinds of things that go into what we believe. But this is who we strive to be as a, com- as a congregation yeah. moving into our community on a regular basis. So go love people. That's it. The go love people. <laughs> so we're out of time, of course, but that's nothing new. This week, one of our FHC takeaways asked, what do you think about the end game of Bible study being t- to make us more loving? And so go ahead, send us a text, voicemail, or send us an email podcast at hospitalchurch.org. Because if you really stop and think about that, read that one over in your mind, let it play a couple times, and then really decide what you think, there could be some interesting responses. Final thoughts comes from Andy's message. He said, God calls us to love people. It doesn't get much clearer than that. But it won't always be fun and easy because love is readiness to serve and love is setting aside one's life for another. But because while we were actively not God's people, he sent his son to love us and to lay down his life for us, and now he invites us not to easy church. He invites us to be in his church and to love people. And I love the reminder in those words that we were actively not God's people. He sent his son. So in that same, let's pass that on to others. Upcoming this week is what? Connor. Uh, oh, that's right. Connor, Connor Yonkers. Yonkers, our pastoral Ooh. intern for the summer, is uh, going to be preaching. I huh. wonder if we can get him on the podcast. I <laughs> I could probably make that happen. You yeah. probably make that happen. <laughs> I think you should. <laughs> excellent, excellent. When, well, when are we doing the podcast? Because it's 4th of July next week. Ooh. So we're going to have to... 4th of July is on Wednesday. We're going to have to talk about that. Okay. Well, if there's a different date that we need to do it, I'm sure we can probably make that work. Okay, let's pull out our calendars and schedule it right, right now. now. Right now, are we should doing, we take more time? Are we doing anything? 
everything right now? Oh, wait, <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah. We're, we're podcasting we're podcast. right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you're nev- definitely not going to want to miss that. You probably don't want to miss church or at least a stream because I'm assuming we're going to have our usual VBS singers. Yes, we'll have our program. kids up there yeah. doing uh, the new youth bands. Yeah, we've got, man, five new students in our youth band. Very excited. Several freshmen and some uh, new faces so super yeah. excited they're fantastic they've been playing all week they're doing amazing i just i couldn't be more proud of these kids so excellent young people excuse me yeah. young people these young you. people thank you all right well don't miss next week for sure and that's going to do it for this week so join us next week for episode something i don't even know the numbers anymore 105 109 106 I think this is 108 yeah 109 thank you for listening anyway have a great week all right